comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Facebook, no Twitter, no smartphones, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Welcome to episode 60 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. It's our Diamond Jubilee, as we were just looking up a few minutes ago. And we're going to be doing our commentary for season two, episode one, What Lies Ahead. I'm joined by Brad and Jim. Hey, guys. How do you do? Hey, and welcome back, everybody. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been too long. We're sorry for the delay. But before we get to the commentary, Jim, why don't you tell us about Discount Comic Book Service? If you go to dcbservice.com, you will find a plethora of heavily discounted graphic novels, comic books, and all kinds of fun stuff. If you're a fan of The Walking Dead and you want to uh, get into the comics, kind of get a little sneak preview into uh, some of the stuff we're going to be seeing in Season 3, as it were, you can do that at DCB Service at one heck of a discount, much bigger discount even than Amazon and some of the other places that you'll go. And if you are a first-time uh, buyer there at DCBService.com, you can use the code WD8 and get another 8% off their already insane low prices. If you're into The Walking Dead, like I said, they have all the graphic novels. They have all the they have the compendium, which is the giant 4048-issue 40, uh, collection. They have the individual hardcovers. Any way you want to get into The Walking Dead... In the comic form they have, they also carry uh, ancillary stuff, T-shirts, toys, all that kind of good stuff. Just go to their site, dcbservice.com, put in that code WD8, get an extra 8% off, and you're already going to be saving 30 40 sometimes 50% on your comics. So uh, that's a great deal. So ch- please check out our sponsor, dcbservice.com. They are good folks. All right. So without any further ado, Brad, do you want to lead us all in the countdown? Yeah, let's do this. We are – we've said before we're going to do uh, probably eight of the 16. Were there 16 episodes or 13? 13. 13, I think. Uh, so six, six, seven, eight, so, somewhere around there. Yeah, we'll do six or seven perhaps of the 13 episodes. We're going to start with season one. I'm sorry, episode one. What's this one called? You just told us, but I forgot. What Lies Ahead. What Lies Ahead is an hour of goodness, if memory serves. So what you're going to need to do is queue up your digital file of choice. Perhaps you have the iTunes file. Perhaps you, like me, uh, laid your uh, DVR copy off to a computer and you edited out the commercials because you're an aspiring video editor like myself. I'm not aspiring. I mean, I am a video editor, but whatever. Good on you for whichever you did. What we're going to do is as soon as we're going to start the we're going to fast forward past the 30-minute last season on Walking Dead. 
if you did your DVR thing or if you got the iTunes file. Is it on Amazon? Do they have it on Amazon? It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be on iTunes. Maybe okay. Voodoo. I don't know if Voodoo does TV, but uh, any any service like that for sure. I've never seen one on Amazon. I can only assume they also have the little seven or eight intro. Uh, they do. Seven or eight second intro where it says AMC original programming. You're going to go past that. We're going to start in uh, as soon as it immediately starts fading up from black and you see the skyline. That's where we're going to start. We're going to do three, two, one start. It won't be a three, two start. It'll be three, two, one start. And we, pardon me, we will do that uh, right now. So if you need to pause this, do it and catch up with us. But here we go. We're going in three, two, one, start. So you, you just got done saying uh, a couple minutes ago that this is a fantastic episode. And I agree, except for this first scene. <laughs> or at least once Rick gets on the, uh, the walkie-talkie. I think that was generally our only... Or our main complaint across the board. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Let's just double check. It's one of those. Things, it's one. Of the, um, I'm sorry. It's one of those things we saw in the Darabont run that we really didn't see too much after Mazzara took over. Was uh, you know, um, Rick on the walkie-talkie talking to Morgan? Uh, we see, like I said, we see it a lot in the Darabont stuff, but I think they pretty much got rid of it in the second half of the season, if I remember correctly. Which was fine with me. Now, I honestly don't remember seeing it after this episode. It might have happened, but it wasn't as prominent as this. I think maybe it happened one more time. Not sure. Now, I'm curious if you matched up this opening here with the zombies, if you matched it up to the opening of the season finale, whether or not those are supposed to be the same zombies that eventually siege the farm. Because hmm. weren't they eating like a dog or something in the beginning, too? It could something. be. It could all be tied in. I mean, we're cool. in, in that location in Atlanta. Remember, we're see a lot of... it was, wasn't, weren't they eating the horse, you know, that Rick had ridden in on? Maybe, I don't know. I, don't, I, I want to say it like, wasn't clear. Like, they were eating something, but you couldn't really see what it was, maybe? Let's make sure we're all in the same shot here. We got, I see Daryl and Rick. Yeah, Daryl just walked past with his yeah. ears. Now, gas Wide cans. Shot. Yeah. All right, good. There's our boy T-Dog. Mm-hmm. Not I have talking, a feeling, yeah, I have a feeling from what we've heard, T-Dog's going to be a big player in this upcoming season. I, I hope so. I always like what he brings to the episodes. Yeah. Hey, I found Sophia. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, Shane um, has hair. I was going to say, Shane with hair. <laughs> I had the pleasure of being able to, to meet T-Dog in person finally at the Texas Frightmare Weekend a couple of weeks, uh, a month ago, I guess. And I had my picture made with him. I should put it up on the Facebook page. I put it on the Twitter feed, but um, and I also got to, uh, I also got to meet and shake hands with uh, Michael Rooker, and uh, I got to shake hands and thank uh, Norman Reedus for doing something for for uh, me that we'll talk about later. But um, he was busy. His line was constant. It was like nonstop. God I bless him. Imagine. Yeah, I remember when we interviewed him, he uh, was talking to us on his cell phone walking around New York City at Christmas time. Yeah. It was the only time he, his whole family was there. It was the only time he could make to talk to us. He's a, he's a busy dude. He has a lot of uh, rabid fans. Now, this is... I'm sure the, we're gonna... He goes, Rick, signing off. I just thought that was <laughs> cheesy. And now the awesome theme song. And this is a very terrible CG shot there. Yeah, you could totally tell that's fake, but, you know, it's TV. 
I just and, uh, I and this one too, just, where you've got these these moving cars on what's clearly a CG background. Yes. You know, maybe some section of the road is real, but like just comparing it to the end of last season didn't didn't work as well. What were you going to say, Jim? I'm just going to say I'm sorry. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of differences comparing, you know, just the pace and what goes on in, in the earlier part of the season from the later part of the season, considering all the you know personnel changes and whatnot. Um, I, I rewatched this episode earlier just in preparation for this recording, and uh, it, it really, I mean, the pace, a lot of things are really uh, noticeably different to me. So, I love that open. So good. Now, somewhere in here, and I don't know if it was supposed to be before this or right around the scene, but there was that deleted part that we saw in the, the season trailer, never got into the episode, though, where uh, Shane is running away from the group of zombies. So that's somewhere around here. And the story I heard is that in, in the context of the episode, his Jeep is bringing up the rear and it breaks down, but the rest of the group doesn't notice. So he's running on his own for a while on foot away from the zombies. And I believe... John Bernthal was actually injured in the filming of the scene. I don't remember if he broke his arm or he broke some fingers, something like that. But uh, and then it never got ended up being used anyway. Glenn Mazzara was talking on his Twitter feed about some of the specific shots that we'd seen in the in the trailer for season two, and he said, you know, that didn't make it into the regular episodes. And he said you'll see most, if not all, of those uh, on the DVD uh, deleted scenes. Oh, that's very cool. And this episode actually written by Robert Kirkman. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You guys ever been to the Grand Canyon? That's what they're talking about. I have been to the Grand Canyon. I took a helicopter over, actually. Sweet. It's actually a lot more air sickness inducing than one might expect. Everyone in my family got sick except for my dad and I, and we felt like it. I camped there for about a week back in my 20s. Sweet. It's a while ago. Yeah, I... I did a lot of backpacking uh, in the 80s and early 90s. So I worked in Alaska for a couple summers and used the money to travel around. So, But one of the places I camped was the Grand Canyon. It was beautiful. Uh, did you guys hear Robert Kirkman is going to be at Morrison Con, the Grant Morrison Convention? Pretty no, exciting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, tickets for that were how much again? 400 for the base ticket? 500. 500. Oh, yeah. I was, I was thinking small. <laughs> I like the sign on the wall behind Andrea. How about a nice cup of shut the hell up? <laughs> now, you mentioned TVDs before, Brad, and that reminded me, for our listeners who aren't aware of this, July 8th of this year, I believe, you might want to Google it to double check, but uh, AMC is going to be re-airing the pilot of The Walking Dead, but it's going to be the black and white version that was only on, I guess, the special edition of season one, uh, the DVD Blu-ray set. So if you haven't seen that and want to check it out, July 8th, I believe. Because they're going to be doing a whole whole marathon of the whole series. Do uh, either of you guys have Dish Network? No. I do, and uh, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about how Dish is thinking about getting rid of AMC. I'm kind of worried about it. Yeah, that happens every couple of years for pretty much every network. Uh, I mean, you, you gotta you'll call the number or whatever. It's basically what they're arguing over. Usually, I don't know the specifics of this one, but for bigger networks like this. They want, for every subscriber, we want 17 cents or we want 18 cents. We bring you this much traffic. This is how many of your viewers watch us. We want a representative uh, number of that f from their from what they're paying you. And it's usually 
the networks and the cable providers arguing over two or three cents per subscriber. I want to well, ask you, considering the uh, ratings the AMC shows have been getting, uh, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and especially The Walking Dead, AMC's probably, I would imagine, negotiating for a bigger share. Exactly, exactly. Well, they're certainly not negotiating for a smaller one. Right. Brad, I want to ask you guys, yeah, I want to ask you guys about that chopper that Daryl's driving. I mean, how, how can that be comfortable to have your arms way up in the air like that on those handlebars I'd for an extended period of time? All the blood runs out of your hands. And he's holding, it, he's holding on to it for his brother, presumably, and uh, it's going to be interesting. His brother ain't going to be able to use it. At least I've never seen a one-handed uh, motorcycle or chopper driver before. Yeah. Maybe he'll... Hey, Dale's wife's name is Irma. Did you yeah, see I... on the side of that? It said Dale and Irma. I did just notice that. And was it what's her last name? Hobarth or something? I, I didn't catch it. I don't know if it says there, but I'm pretty sure it's Hobarth. Yeah, you can see it says Dale and Irma something, but... My grandparents had that same uh, Winnebago in the cool. 70s and 80s, the Winnebago Brave. Every time I see it, I think it's really kind of funny. Seeing Shane's hair like this is strange after seeing him bald for so long. Yeah. Because it's only, what, episode four or five of the season that he cuts it? Yeah, something like that. When After he uh, leaves Hor- the Hor- Horvath. I think I just saw the last name, Horvath. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. I know I've said it before, but Lori Holden's a cutie pie. <laughs> I looked for um, those gold acorns uh, when I briefly flirted with the idea of being Rick for Halloween, and I looked for a hat and gold acorns. Those gold acorns were hard to find. Is that what they're called, acorns? I've never heard yeah. that before. Yeah. So why are these people... In these vehicles, how come they're not zombies that got up and walked around? You know what I mean? Wait, what? Why would they? They would have to be have a brain injury, right, to be well, sitting there in their car. Does seem to be a uh, does seem to be a pileup. So I'd imagine some of them would be head injuries. Also, if a zombie was trapped in a car in a seatbelt, maybe they wouldn't be able to get out, and they would be literally mummified within the car. You know, it's, mm. you're sitting in a greenhouse for a month or so. They, they can't do good things for the body. Now, if memory serves also, I had a kind of a problem with Dale's lookout skills in this episode. <laughs> well, he is the worst lookout ever. Yeah. Aside from maybe Lori. You guys ever siphoned gas before? Uh, thankfully, I've never had to. I have. It is not fun when you get it in your mouth. Nope. That's what she said. Look at Carol shopping. I think generally the idea is you're not supposed to get the gasoline in your mouth, though. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to work. Yes, Mom. Mother of the year. <laughs> Mother of the yeah. Year. Should I've really... Ask? Go ahead. I've really grown to like Stephen Yoon, who does who plays Gwen. Glenn. Uh, you know, I wasn't fond of him at first, but I've really grown to like him. Yeah, he seems like a cool guy. You guys have heard the old the old story about the 
the guy found dead after uh, siphoning gasoline from a RV because it turned out he was actually siphoning from the sewage line. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm sure it's just an old urban legend, but it's still gross. Yeah. Here we see some foreshadowing Andrea's character as the season goes on, when she gets more interested in learning how to fire the guns and you know, defending herself. Yeah, you'll remember the first time we saw her back in the pilot, She, uh, or I guess it was the second episode, she, uh, she didn't even have the safety off. I love this part right here. Wasting some water. It's like Christmas for Shane. Reminds me of that part in Zombieland where uh, they find the, the truck full of snowballs. Right. It's like being baptized, man. Look at Dale shaking his head already like, come on, a maroon. He's like, it's nothing like being baptized except that it involves water. I don't like that guy. I'm going to come over here and look at the camera kind of off to the center and think about how much I don't like Shane. See, right now at this point, he should have seen a whole buttload of zombies walking around. But all he sees is one, maybe. Well, I'm assuming that's Rick seeing it. Cause it is, it is. But I mean, you know, he's up high. Dale's up high, and then here in 30 seconds, you're going to see, like, 300 zombies. I mean, how does Dale not see all these people at once? Nearsighted? I guess. I, I would not want to have to rely on a bolt-action rifle in, in that particular situation. I mean, they're good for many things, but uh, not this particular situation. Yeah, there's not even a hill. It's not like they're coming over a hill. They're in a valley. Right. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, zombies. <laughs> um, hello? Look at all those. There's no way Dale wouldn't have seen those. Dale's got the best seat in the house. And see all that blank road behind? I'm sorry, but he would have seen him much sooner than that. Yeah. I agree. Although this is, this is a pretty gnarly situation they're in. I still remember seeing this whole scene at Comic-Con up on the big screen. It was so awesome. I never thought this would work when I saw it for the first time. What, what do you mean, Jim? Cars, or you didn't think the scene worked? No, I thought the zombies would see them. I didn't think so. this would work practically. You know what I mean? Right, right. Mm. With a little Kawasaki motorcycle over there. Looks like Dale's taking a nap. I love this shot here where she's busy working and then she just stops and goes... Uh, am I feeling oh, my, my zombie senses are tingling? Oh, look, the neighbors are here. Dale's upside down American flag. Enjoy Sophia while you can, people. This is the last episode of Human Sophia there is. This is a pretty gnarly thing that happens to T-Dog right here. Yeah. Oh, mm. And he does a good job with it later. He's all acting, uh, he's acting all like lightheaded and woozy and stuff. There was a similar, similarly gross thing in the episode before last of uh, Mad Men that I won't spoil for people. But yeah, it had me. It had it almost shielding my eyes. Jordan, your Skype avatar is freaking me out. <laughs> that my Skype avatar was made by Elisa, whose birthday it is as we record this. So happy birthday, Elisa. 
Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Elisa Gonzalez of the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. And this guy here, isn't he uh, an action figure going to be one real soon? Action figure, and I believe, isn't it his head that the special edition of the Season 2 box set is based on? That whole bust? Oh, yeah. Because it's got the screwdriver yeah, the in there. Box. Yeah, exactly. It is him. She looks like she's in an airplane bathroom. A bathroom on an RV is not much bigger. Yeah. Some absolutely fantastic makeup work on this guy. I saw that a picture of that guy before he put his makeup on, and he was just as skinny as can be. Which I'm pretty sure that's why they picked him. Oh yeah, I, I know for a fact that they specifically seek out gaunt actors because uh, the you know the prosthetics they add volume to the face, and you want that kind of same look that is in the Walking Dead comics of the super gaunt and decomposing zombies. So you got to get overly skinny people. So I could never be a zombie on The Walking Dead. Unless it was the, as the bloater in the well. What, what did we name him? Bob or something? Stu. Stu. Stu, that's right. Good old Stu. Which way to Bonnaroo? You guys think this is part of the herd that we saw show up at the end of the season? Mm, it seems to me that if they were already walking at this point, well, maybe if they joined up with the people in the city, but it seems to me if they were already walking, they'd be at the farm much sooner than... Well, we did see that one shot in the last season, I mean, the last episode, where it was like three different groups were all merging in, into becoming one. Right, so they, the maybe field. they were one of the, the merging ones. Jeez, I can't wait till October. <laughs> can't come soon enough. That was a cool shot looking down at Andrea through the, the top of the RV. I, I like I always liked that shot. I thought it was well composed. Yeah. But I need a Phillips head. Daryl's pretty badass. He's, he's practiced this right through the brainstem. Silent, one one stroke. Oh, that's gnarly. And I think it was right about here, like right at that shot where they faded to black at Comic-Con. So it was oh, a really? really nice extended preview. Mm. Like seven, eight minutes. Now, I can't imagine having this done to me right now, putting a zombie put on top of me. And then, and then Daryl pulls one on top of him and like puts it right in his face. He's like French kissing that zombie right about now. It's probably pretty similar to being married. I can tell you from experience <laughs> uh, that uh, some marriages are like that. That kid's got an interesting face. It looks like Shane and Glenn are fighting for space under that car. Yeah, Glenn's lucky he didn't end up as the Proto-Otis. Otis. Proto-Otis. <laughs> Proto-Otis. And none of them have very good posture. 
it's just amazing to see these characters now in their relation to one another as opposed to by the end of the season, you know. You know, I'm thinking all those cars are pretty high off the ground. You guys ever tried to crawl under a car? It's a tight squeeze, and those those cars seem to have lots of room under there for those actors. Well, they all seem to be under trucks or vans, right? Well, maybe, but... I'd imagine it's a little... Oh, no, he was under a car. Yeah, he was under a sedan there. But you can see how low that clearance is. Yeah, that couldn't have been good. Although, I remember them saying that it was so hot that actually crawling under the cars was a good thing because it was in the shade. Yeah. So as long as you're not claustrophobic, it's better than burning to death. That little girl was sweet when I met her at that Texas Frightmare. Sophia, I told her that I cried when she died. I always wondered if she asked to be written out or if this was always the plan to have her written out. Yeah, it is interesting because, I mean, it's it's not spoiling. I mean, I guess it is spoiling the comic to say this doesn't happen there. So she doesn't die here in the comic, at least not saying whether she's alive or dead now. But uh, she did live past this point. So it's, it's interesting to see uh, the subtle changes and not so subtle changes they made. Now, neither of these two zombies are the one they cut open later, right? Because he kills both of them. So it had to be a third one. I don't know. I never noticed that she was reaching for his gun. Yeah. Some nasty looking water. Incorrect. This is how you survive. I think uh, him losing Sophia is like the first step down the slippery slope to the dictatorship. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he realizes, you know, now he, he can't save everyone. He's trying to do his best. And, you know, it, I mean, when Carol comes down on him so hard for losing Sophia later, you know, it just seems like that's when he starts to really, you know, see that he can't save everyone. He can't, you know, he can only do what he can do. He can only do the best he can. And, you know, the other people need to see that as well. Well, it's the, it's the first, um, okay, not the first. Well, it's the most... Up to this point, it's the most horrible thing that had happened to Rick. Pretty much, you know, uh, he found his son, that, so that was kind of made better. But then, you know, to to have this other kid that you tried to save and then ends up 
you know. Oh, I'd forgotten she actually got out of that little hiding place and crawled away. And this, of course, was in that 30-second preview we got before the season. Nice look on Andrew Lincoln's face there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rock meat face. There was a quick flash, I think, of the other zombie walk. Oh, yeah, okay, there he is. Oh, good arm. Two points. Great shot here, the rock comes the camera, and before that shot of the, the zombie's skull disintegrating was uh, gross, but excellent effects work. Short round. <laughs> Dr. Jones. Plus, we start to see, I think, why Daryl feels responsible for so starts to feel the responsibility towards Sophia, too. Because, I mean, he's supposed to know these woods like the back of his hand. He's supposed to be the tracker, the, the you know, the guy who lives out in the wild, that kind of guy. And he's not, he can't help either, you know. And the longer he tries, the more he realizes, you know that the chances of finding her are slimmer and slimmer and that just makes him more desperate and more feeling more responsible. Exactly. And number 22. Yeah, that definitely looks like there was there was enough accidents going on there to explain quite a lot of head trauma to the dead bodies. I was just, I was just going to point that out. I like that that old car. Jim, you probably know this. What's the car of the same color that's in uh, all the Sam Raimi movies? It's not a Mustang, right? No, it's not. Is it a Challenger? No, I got to look this up. Same Raven movies for people who don't know include Evil Dead, Spider-Man films, others. I mean, darkness. Oh, uh, yeah, I was counting that as the Evil Dead movies, but yeah. So hopefully pretty soon here we'll get uh, 
episode two of the Walking Dead video game. Both of you guys got a chance to play that, right? Yes, I did. When does that second one come out? It should be soon. I don't think they've given a definite release date yet, but it should be soon. I was just just found out the other day that the voice of Lee Everett, the character you play in the game for anybody who hasn't played it, is voiced by the same guy who does the this episode of whatever is brought to you by Sears on uh, on Hulu. It's the same guy. And he's got awesome long white dreadlocks. Really? Yeah. Now how many You're of us awesome. thought how many how many of us thought Carl was gonna bite it right here? I didn't think he would bite it, but I thought he'd be attacked. I guess that's what I thought it, uh, what I was meaning, really. The movie in question is in 19, or the car in question is a nineteen seventy-three Oldsmobile Delta eighty-eight. It was uh, used in Evil Dead because it was Sam Raimi's actual car. And then he ended up using the same car in all of his other movies as well. Right. I'm actually distantly related to the Olds family who make Oldsmobiles, or made Oldsmobiles. Fun fact, before they made cars, they made well pumps. That is fun. (laughs) This episode of The Walking Dead is brought to you by Gerber Tools and Hyundai. When do we see the Hyundai? Uh, Shane's working on it right now, isn't he? I didn't notice. Shane, if you don't tell her to let me keep one, I'm going to kill you once you become a zombie. Now, why did he pick the Hyundai when he could have fixed up that Mustang? Uh, gas mileage, probably. I can't imagine a classic Mustang has anywhere near even decent gas mileage. That would be the only reason to pick a Hyundai is the gas mileage. Well, actually, today uh, they announced that Robert Kirkman's working with them to create uh, a zombie-proof car. You know, a concept car. So that's, that could be kind of cool. But yeah, gas mileage would be the other main reason, I guess. Unless you have the concept car version. Well, they made that Call of Duty Jeep. I mean, why not? You know, cross-marketing. It's called consumer synergy, my friend. Merchandising. It is amazing kind of how, how much merchandising has spun out of The Walking Dead since the popularity of the show, you know. The video game, we have the, uh, the action figures, um, just you know, an amazing amount of, of cool stuff. I'm not that familiar with the Office of Civil Defense. Civil Defense is set up uh, during the Cold War, basically, for people to have somewhere to go, uh, bomb shelters, area, uh, things like that. 
Ah, okay. So, like, you know, they used to have uh, defense drills in the 50s, you know, where everyone would have to run. You saw the civil defense sign on the side of the building. It was a relatively strong building, and you'd be able to hide in the basement. And in 50s mentality, survive a nuclear war. They were the office in charge of hiding under desks? Yeah, you know, or what is it, a duck and cover? Yeah. They're the ones who came up with that. Stop, drop, um, and roll. And, and the civil defense uh, logo is uh, in Watchmen quite a bit, actually. Now this is the one they cut open, I believe. No, they cut, they cut a zombie open a couple episodes down the road because at this point, nice shot. At this point, they haven't, you know, they're not considering the fact that she's been eaten by a zombie yet. You sure? No, I'm guessing. You know what though? I guess it looks like they're about to do that, aren't they? I think so. What I was going to say, though, is whichever zombie they cut open, whether it's this one or another one, uh, is getting his own action figure with a removable stomach and uh, animal skeleton inside of him. So uh, put that on your list. Yeah, this is it, because Rick said he fed recently. He's got a bug cocoon in there. I think he had Waffles. That's not a knife. Now that's a knife. <laughs> now you want to make the incision at the belly button and pull down. Cooking with Daryl Dixon. <laughs> to get your best fillet of zombie, you need to cut down from the sternum in you know, one hard stroke like this. Rick looks like he's about to throw up. I can't imagine even prop smell, prop guts smell any good. Especially in that heat. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Because don't they use, like, uh, a slaughterhouse awful and stuff like that sometimes for the guts? I think so, yeah. That looks pretty awful. Hey! <laughs> That's where my car keys were. Just once, I'd like to see Rick lose it. I know he doesn't here, but I'd love to see him turn and just hurl. Yeah, I guess he wasn't one of the people to throw up in, in the episode, Gus, was he? I want to say T-Dog and Glenn did. At least Glenn did, for sure. Did he call his stomach a gut bag? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he did. He called it that time. Yeah, get a good look at it. How could he swallow that whole skull? Well, I mean, I, I guess a zombie isn't really worried about comfort. You'd think it would have lodged itself in its pipe. Mm, possibly. I've seen some videos online, though, of people swallowing similar-sized items. I'm not going to touch that statement at all. <laughs> <laughs> I 
the Skype avatar I'm talking about is the one with you and the tie and pointing at the camera. Oh, you're not talking about the zombie one. No, I'm talking about the new one, your Esquire one. You think that's disturbing? Yeah, it's creeping me out. Okay. Rather look at the zombie one. It was taken on a cruise ship uh, about four years ago. My cousin was getting married. Some beautiful color composition in these shots right here. Astute observation, Carol. She's always so helpful. Oh, wait, no, she's not. You guys think Daryl and Carol are going to end up together this season? Probably. Maybe not right off the bat as she deals with grieving more, but uh and cause didn't this didn't the season end with her being a little bit perturbed that he was siding with Rick? So there, there yeah, might there be some was, conflict. There was there. A, yeah, there was an exchange between two of them and uh that was when Daryl said that Rick had always done right by him, you know, in response to her. I think it was in the very last episode actually. Yeah, while they're sitting around the campfire. Outside the prison. Beside, beside the Dying Fire, which was the name of the episode, right? What a coinky dink. It's really kind of odd to see uh, Shane backing up Rick here, like helping him out. It's an, I was just thinking, it's an interesting parallel to draw between Rick saying, I had to leave her behind, I didn't have a choice, and Shane later using pretty much the same argument for Otis. Now, granted, it was, according to him, Otis's choice then, as opposed to not really being Sophia's choice, but still. This is when Rick and Shane were more of a united front, you know. They kind of, uh, you know, back to each other up. Because this is before Shane realizes that, uh, you know, Rick is standing in his way, as it were.
I almost expect Walt White to walk out of that RV. He is the one who finds Sophia. Speaking of which, Breaking Bad Season 5 just about to start, so check it out. It's awesome. Yeah, when, does that, when does that start, uh, Jordan? I, I want to say the week after next, because the killing finale is uh, this coming Sunday. That is great news. It's just amazing, too, how different the relationship is between Dale and Andrea in the show and in the book, you know. Save my life, you son of a bitch. I hope you get your stomach ripped open by a zombie. If she had died back to the CDC, she wouldn't have been able to have that rendezvous with Shane in the Hyundai, and she wouldn't have met Michonne. Dale's got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Because she just said she wasn't his problem. See what I did there? Gotcha. All right. One of his problems is that his eyebrow trimmer is broken, apparently. <laughs> Speaking of Michonne, if people uh, go on our Facebook page and look back a little bit, they'll be able to see one of the first release pictures of Denai Guerra as uh, Michonne from season three. They also released, I think, the first picture of uh, the actor playing the governor. Yes, they did. Uh, as the governor, which uh, is interesting. Not, not really as I pictured him from the comic, but it'll be interesting to see the portrayal. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting, though, because... Um, if they are, they're already um, shooting scenes in, what is it, Glenville? Isn't that the governor's little Glendale, uh, Glenville, like that? His Woodbury. Community. Yeah, Woodbury. Woodbury? Oh, I'm sorry. Where'd you get Glendale? Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe because I saw Glenn on the That's episode. possible. You saw Glenn um, and Dale. Anyway. Glendale. <laughs> Glendale. 
I'm a genius. Anyway, but <laughs> Woodbury, uh, I mean, they were gonna, I, I imagine they're going to spend a lot less time in the prison than they did relatively in the uh, in the book. Well, I'd be interesting if they have uh, maybe what's the term, you know, co-stories going on where you get a little bit at one town, a little bit at the other. Sure, an A A plot and a B plot. Yeah, yeah. Is this the zombie with the domestic violence pin that we see? Or Maybe. Not zombie, but dead person. I, I vaguely remember that. Daryl Dixon, Redneck Rambo. Why don't you go in first, Carol? It'll be a good plan. Yeah, you're really annoying, and if you get eaten, really don't care. Wouldn't great if she stepped out of the tent and then Daryl knifed her. Accidentally, of course. Wonder what zombies smell like. I'd assume rotten flesh and patchouli. Uh, that's pretty gnarly looking. What are those marks on his forehead around his temples? I, those thought, I took them to be like worms or maggots or something. Yeah, there was that pin. And it's something about that the domestic violence? No course for domestic violence or something like that. No excuse. No excuse yeah. for domestic violence. And you're right, there was a maggot that fell off of one of them, fell off his head. I wonder how long they had to close down that highway. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, they even now return to it, you know, at the end, and, you know, when they get uh, separated after her farm. So, you know, for continuity's sake, that would they have to use the same stretch of highway? Possibly. The RV is called the pillbox. Nice Star Trek reference. Not the pillbox, something Dale said. Needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I gotcha.
Let's just run right into the danger. Welcome, bikers. Set down the sign. I've been to a few Baptist churches in my time. Never really got the feeling that bikers were particularly welcome. Maybe this one's Presbyterian. No, it said Baptist church on the sign. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Okay. That one's creepy with that thing hiding her face. Yeah, like a wedding veil type or mourning veil type thing. So they're just sitting in there in church, hanging out. Well, they figured they were welcome because there's a statue of the original zombie up in front. Easy. Or as Prometheus would have you believe, Space Jesus. Yes. <laughs> well, one viewer of the movie. And Ridley Scott confirmed it. Mm, I don't think so. I, I can send you the links, but that's that's a side point. I know, I saw, I know what you're talking about, but whatever. He calls him JC. I love it when Shane's wrong. I just get a small, perverse pleasure out of Shane being wrong about things. <laughs> Me too, but what was he wrong about right there? All I heard was that the church doesn't have a steeple. Yeah, like this ain't it. You know, we're in the wrong place. Oh, no, I think he was just pointing out that the church didn't have a bell tower, which is true and confusing. Right, so, yeah, and he's saying, so we're in the wrong place. This is not where the place we heard. But it is the place they heard because it was an electronic bell. He just like, yeah. turned it off. Yeah. Right, and that that's why Shane, Shane was wrong. Right. when Shane is wrong too because he thinks he's right all the time and I mean everybody has people like that in their life there are times though when Shane's right on when he's dead on the money Shane is trying to leave. Laurie won't let him. Yeah, I always thought that was kind of weird. She wants her cake, man. I think you're right, Brad. At least that's the way it's been played. Will the Shane action figure that comes out, will it have removable hair? <laughs> I think there's actually two coming out, maybe. But I don't think either one of them has a removable wig. That would be awesome. This reminds me of that line that Herschel said, you know? You know, the Bible talks about a second kind of resurrection of the dead, but I don't think they had this in mind. Yeah, that was a great line back then. 
is the blood on the statue of Jesus there supposed to be part of the sculpture, or is that supposed to be splattered from the zombies that were in the room? I think it's part of the sculpture. It's, it's blood dripping from where the crown of thorns pierced him. I don't know, know that I've ever noticed that on any statues of Jesus before. Usually they're just you know, gold or silver or whatever. I wonder if we'll see a, and I don't remember that we did in the last half of the season, but I, I wondered if we'll see, you know, obviously at this point, Carol's a woman of faith. She was praying for quite a while there. I wonder if we'll see her faith dwindling, uh, at, you know, in, in episode to, uh, season to come. The only thing I remember that touched on that was when, she mentioned to Carl that Sophia was in a better place, and he was like, there's no God, there's no heaven, and she freaked out and uh, yelled at, at uh, oh, Rick yeah. and Maury. But that's the only yeah. thing I remember like that. That kind of scene that we just saw with Carol, a really quiet, slow scene with her, you know, you know, praying for Sophia to return, that I think is more indicative of the Darabont uh, episodes than it is of the Mazzara episodes. It just seemed like... Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like it, it fit that slower type of pace that Darabont seemed to have when he was running the show, and uh, more deliberate, I guess, more film-like. Um, I'm not sure. It just—I know we talked about it before on the on the podcast, but the, the 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 whole tone of the show really shifted for me from this half, you know, the first half of the second season to the second half. I mean, it was almost like two different shows in a lot of ways. Yeah, I totally agree with with your assessment on that. I think it had everything to do with forget pardon the expression, but Derevant versus Mazara, you know, not a versus, but you know what I mean. Right, they just have two different styles of doing things, and uh, I mean, Derevant comes from the film tradition, and you know, he's very you know paced storyteller in that kind of film pacing and. Uh, you know, Masar comes from television. He knows uh, what makes good television episode by episode, you know, and over a season. So it's interesting to go back and see this uh, now and see, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, and see the kind of pacing and what's going on here as opposed to, you know, the second half of this season. It's very different. Every single one of them is drenched in sweat and Carl is wearing a heavy jacket. Is it heavy or is it just like a shirt? I don't know. It looks like – I thought it was Carhartt from the color and those are generally super heavy but – at least in my experience. But maybe it is a shirt now that I'm seeing it closer. Either way, why are you going to be wearing that many clothes? It's hot out. Yeah, it looks like a jacket, doesn't it? Yeah. I like that uh, tree trunk gravestone that they've shown a few times in passing. It's kind of a cool design. I didn't pick up on that. It's basically just a, well, exactly like I said, it's a tree trunk, but made out of granite with some ivy going up the side, like like a stone, stone ivy. Yeah, I'd say from the placement of that blood, I think you're right, Brad. It's got to be part of the, the statue. McGrams versus Jesus. 
Is there anything in this life less comfortable to sit on than a church pew? Like maybe a bed of nails? Sit in a bus station. It depends on what church you're at, I suppose. Those ones just do not look comfortable. We don't see a lot of these little uh, scenes after Darabont leaves either. You know, Rick kind of soul-searching and talking to himself, much like he did when he was talking on the walkie-talkie earlier. These kind of scenes have been, like, kind of jettisoned, I would say. I think this one worked a lot better than the walkie-talkie scene, though. I agree. I mean, but a lot of things that, you know, he conveys in these soliloquies as far as he's in, you know, internal turmoil is portrayed in, in action rather than in him telling us about it. Right. In a lot of instances. Does that make anybody else think of the jerk when he's talking about, give me a sign? <laughs> yeah. That is one thing we have in common, Brad, is a deep affection for Steve Martin. You bet, brother. You're just a couple of wild and crazy guys. Andrew's a whiny baby back then. Yeah, she definitely toughens up as the season goes on. Is Lori Grimes going to have to smack a bitch? <laughs> That water bottle almost looked like it had condensation on it, like it was cold. <laughs> I would have loved if someone had thrown that same speech back in her face at some point later on in the season. Yeah. You know, because everything she says right there applies to her for 90% of the, the screen time she gets. This kind of reminds me of that scene with Laurie and Andrea later in the season, too, where Andrea kind of calls Laurie on her BS. You know, it's kind of like the reverse of when, the uh, When Beth tries to commit suicide, that one? or Yeah. Yeah, like she shuts Lori down. She's you know, you got your husband and your boyfriend. Remember that conversation they had in the kitchen? I think it was. Yeah, that was kind of the opposite. Yeah, it was kind of the opposite of uh, of uh, her and Andrea there.
And this coming up, ladies and gentlemen, is why you should always wear bright orange vests when you're deer hunting in the forest. And be more specific when you're praying for a sign. There's an interesting question. If zombies are reduced to their lizard brain, as Jenner showed us, do they have the ability to tell color? Would they be able to pick you out in an orange vest? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff the zombies do that probably shouldn't be able to work right when only like that little around after they're dead. Yeah, when only that little sliver of the brain is working. Or being able to smell. Right. And I'm sorry that deer would not just sit there and let you walk up to it. Especially if there's zombies around. Although, <laughs> I just as soon as I said that out loud, I had a, a memory come back to me of when I was about Carl's age. I'm not joking either. We were camping in a Colorado State Park, and two deer walked into camp and let us feed them. So you can just totally ignore what I just said. Yeah, but I, I think that kind of thing happens more often in state parks because people feed them all the time. That's true. They'll, they'll, they're more used to that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Which actually is very dangerous for the animals because they get dependent on people feeding them. So don't feed animals in parks, people. It's not good for the animals. See, it worked. Camouflage didn't help. I never even thought of that. That's a good point. And that's how it that ends. Is, uh, yeah, season two, episode one. It's kind of cool going back to see this, uh, knowing what we know now is coming down the pike, you know, going back to the, the first of the season and, and you know, as far as these characters come as the season goes on. It's kind of cool to go back and see this. I haven't watched that since it aired. That was neat to see it again. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I think I watched it twice that day, but yeah, not since yeah. then. I'm uh, looking forward to the the Blu-ray release for season two. Do we know when that's coming out yet? And the season two uh, DVD and Blu-ray, according to Blu-ray.com, comes out August 28th. We should so do not too long. We should do 18. Well, thanks for joining us for our commentary on season two, episode one on the Walking Dead TV podcast. There are uh, many in various ways you can get in touch with us if you'd like to do that. Uh, you can call us on our uh, voicemail, 516-468-7912. You can send us, uh, drop us a line at walkingdeadtv.com. Uh, you can check out all the other shows on the HHWLOD network, including Legion of Dudes, which uh, Jordan and I are a part of, and Half Hour Wasted, which uh, Brad is a part of. And a lot of other ones, too, including Out Now, our weekly movie podcast, and uh, Tech Dudes, and, um, you know, the black, uh, the PKD Media Black Box. A lot of great shows on the network, so check that out at hhwlod.com. And we will see you shortly with commentary for Chupacabra, the Daryl Dixon solo episode. I know a lot of Dixon's Dixons are be happy for us to do that. Isn't that right, gentlemen? Yes, sir. Me too. Oh, wait. I don't know about you guys, but I like to keep the ladies happy. <laughs> Amen, brother. That is most important in life, I think. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, if you're going hunting in the woods, always wear a reflective vest and uh, always keep the ladies happy.
Have a good week, everybody. Hey, you Tom. Good night. It's Bob from the office down the hall. It's good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. I really wish you'd let us in. Meanwhile, back in ancient Rome. Solomon Grundy and Grodd are around here somewhere, Robin. Holy s***, Batman. There they are. It's the end of the road, you f***ing crooks. You're wasting your time, Batman. Into the time conveyor. After them, Robin. It's too late, Batman. I think we're in deep, Robin. More than you can imagine. You're under arrest for stealing the treasures of the Emperor. Batman, what are we gonna do? It's no use, Robin. Rod did a masterful job of f***ing us. Open up the door. We'll all come inside and eat your brain. I don't want to nitpick, Tom, but is this really your plan? Spend your whole life locked inside a mall. Maybe that's okay for now, but someday you'll be out of food and guns. And you'll have to make the call. I'm not surprised to see you haven't thought it through enough. You never had ahead for all that bigger picture stuff but Tom that's what I do and I plan on eating you slowly we're not unreasonable I mean no one's gonna eat your eyes
never mind.